This is Sean Elliott, head coach of the Georgia State Football Panthers. You're listening to the Fun Belt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounds a lot of fun. Fun Belt Podcast, we have finally reached the opening week of football in Sunbelt Conference. Dusty Tibbrough, Warwick Report, Jeremy Harper of Hal Razor, Sean Sh- Sean Metlin. We're, we're changing his name. Now Sean Metlin. I like it. I'm it's, used to that. Of, of, of the daily record news, as just to keep it all mixed up for, for Jeremy and for everyone else. <laughs> yes. I like Guys, daily even- record news better, too. We should do that. Let me yeah. talk to our editor. Sean, Jer- Jeremy hears that and will never identify me correctly again, <laughs> ever. Uh, but guys, look as as we reach week one in in Sunbelt Conference, we did have some games uh, not Sunbelt related this past weekend. Did y'all get a chance to take anything in? Anything that y'all saw that y'all liked out of the new rules? Any teams that stood out to you or anything else? Well, you know what, I saw a lot of complaining, like on the Twitters about the new. Uh, Running clock on first. Not down. a fan of the running clock. I, I don't. I'm. I'm still kind of. I'm. I'm. I. I don't know if I'm a fan either, Tibbs. But I'm. I'm. I'm going to keep an open mind for a couple more weeks because I do like ideas that keep the game moving. I don't know if this is the right thing to keep the game moving. Personally, I would slash halftime in half. But I don't know. What do you think, uh, Sean? I'm with you. That I just. I. I need some more time with it. The the handful of games on Saturday wasn't enough for me to get a real good grasp on on what it's going to be like. I, you know, I generally speaking, I think stuff that moves things along and uh, you know keeps people from tuning out after two hours is probably good. But yeah, I don't know if this is the right way to go about it. Well, time will tell. I don't like. I get it for player safety is what they say to shorten the game, less collisions on the field. I just don't like that. We're already moving to a pay for play and professional ranks type where these are no longer amateurs, but now we're essentially adopting NFL rules for college football. Oh, okay. You know, uh, okay. I can see where you're coming from there. You like the specialness that makes college football special and we're scrubbing it away. That's what you're saying. I mean, it is interesting. I don't think D3 went to this yet. They they were kind of told this is a new rule and came up with their own decision to not join it yet. So it is kind of interesting that you talk about it kind of being a, a minor league professional move for college football to go this way because, you know. Yeah, I didn't look at it that way. But, you know, I think one reason why Division Three doesn't have to do this yeah, we get all these stupid media timeouts, and it just totally disrupts the flow. I wonder if maybe the 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 way that this running clock on first time helps that. I don't know, but Tibbs, you you seem to be in the majority when it comes to the people comes to people online complaining. They didn't like it, so we'll just have to see. Didn't, I guess. didn't like it. Uh, it was very interesting. One of the first games that I saw was that Jacksonville State versus UTEP. Great yep. Conference USA matchup there. Regional rivalries at its finest. 
the the Gamecocks really struggled to kind of go with that up tempo like Rich Rod really likes to have there because of the running clock. It 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 just really mm. murdered any kind of momentum that you saw there. The other thing I didn't like, it seemed like over half of ULM's roster was being called out for the Gamecocks of playing there. <laughs> yes, that must have been hard to endure. You know what, Tibbs? You know, like the the new rule for baseball with the clock on the pitchers and the batters. I, I think there's some grumbling at the beginning of the year for that. Now people are saying it's saving baseball. The attendance is up. Games are shorter. Maybe this will find. Maybe we'll warm up to this. Rich Rod will figure out how to keep his tempo going, even without the first uh, with the first running clock on the first down. Maybe it's just about adapting. Maybe I. The one complaint that I saw the most was probably that there were games where the team wins the kickoff, wins the flip, or, or doesn't win the flip, or ever get the ball first, and they have the ball for the entire first quarter. And like they kind of like just own the whole momentum just because they just because of how the coin flip went. And you know, I don't know if there's anything to that or not, but I can kind of see it. But like you said, people want to be able to like people were not taking their kids to sporting events. They were not going and spending the whole day at a football game when they can watch a hundred football games at home mm-hmm. on a 50-inch screen. So maybe this is something that will keep you know, people wanting to make going to a football game, a baseball game, whatever, a family thing to do. You know, speaking of week zero games, I caught former Sunbelt member, New Mexico State versus Massachusetts, and found myself vastly entertained by that game. Did you guys catch that? I saw the highlights. Yeah, I saw the highlights. I was, yeah, surprised (laughs) by UMass. UMass has a quarterback now. Their old quarterback is their tight end. They got this quarterback from, uh, I forget, from some hot shot program that didn't want him anymore. And suddenly they're making plays. They're moving the ball. New Mexico State, they they had their moments. I mean, they're both not great football teams. Let's, Let's not pretend like they're, you know, top 20 football teams. But they played entertaining football. I was, I was impressed. Maybe UMass might be onto something. I don't know. I was more impressed with the New Mexico State quarterback getting a pass off with his helmet on backwards. <laughs> I did. How did I miss that? <laughs> did you see what was it? It was uh, God, somebody it, from West throw that football into that referee's face. Yes, in right in the beak, and then uh, somebody, maybe it was CFB Reddit, added sound effects, which made it even better. The best part in the New Mexico State game where it was a blatant face mask, his helmets around backwards, was the ref trying to pull a flag as in like, I can't believe I just saw that. <laughs> yeah, you know it's a face mask when the uh, whole head turns around, right? <laughs> that's, or it's that's a bad cool. day to be the quarterback. <laughs> I wanted to watch UCLA, no, USC versus, uh, oh gosh, was it San Diego, was it San Diego State? San Jose State. Was the same Spartans. One to watch it, but uh, they were on the Pac-12 network, so they get to see that. So I got you, I I saw the three minutes while I was pumping gas. (laughs) Nice. I did. I admit that I caught a little bit of that Irish Navy game, and man, that game just sucked. 
Navy's just, uh, you know, who, what was his name? Ken not to beat. I, I can never pronounce his last name, but I miss that guy. That guy can coach Navy like no other. And now he's gone. Sad. While everything was happening on the gridiron. Yeah. The good old fun belt was mm-hmm. excelling on the pitch <laughs> as the women, first of all, had a huge Georgia Southern win over Miami two to one. Yeah. Arkansas State quit against Jackson State. It was actually declared a no contest due to heat index. Too effing hot. And your Raging Cajuns, 3-0-1, the best program start in program history. They're one of the several undefeated teams. The Warhawks, 1-0-2. They haven't lost a game yet. And then Southern Miss got their first win of the season, 2-1 over Mississippi Valley State. But Shane, I think the bigger story Right there in your backyard, James Madison just going off with a huge win over UCLA in the men's side. And then Central Florida. Yeah, Central Florida, I know. Part of the Sun Belt in soccer. Beating a nationally ranked Clemson team. We have four teams ranked now in the top 25. Number two, Kentucky. Wait, wait, Kentucky is in the Sun Belt? In men's soccer, they certainly are. Up from number three a week ago. Number five, Marshall. You knew they were in the Sun Belt. Yeah, yeah, they joined. I remember they that. are up from number 11 previous week. Previously unranked, UCF, as Dusty just mentioned, jumps yeah. in at number 14 after beating Clemson. Yeah, those clowns at Clemson. Previously unranked, James Madison, now number 17 <laughs> after ah. beating up on Duquesne and UCLA. Yes. Four, four Sun Belt teams in the top 20. Not to mention West Virginia also getting votes. West Virginia is in the Sun Belt and soccer as well. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I need a new press release just to remind me who's in men's Sun Belt soccer. Men's I... Sun Belt soccer is a power conference. What? Well, no, all right. In, well, who else is it? Georgia State? They're they're in it too, right? In Not soccer? That. Yeah, they're in the Sun Belt for soccer, yeah. right? For, for men's yeah. soccer. All right. I'm, I'm trying to remember who else. Georgia is State, there. Georgia Southern. Coastal mm. and ODU all have soccer teams as well. And then the last team, winless right now, 0-1 and 1, the South Carolina Gamecocks also rounding out the Sunbelt men's soccer. The Gamecocks are in the Sunbelt? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's but first of all, congratulations to James Madison and Marshall. And I guess Kentucky and UCF for breaking into the top 20. That's a huge deal. That's great for the Sun Belt. That was why the Sun Belt said, hey, we need to get men's soccer here. It can give us some more exposure. And look what it's done. Great move bringing the sport back and landing the affiliates that they did to uh, round it out. Looking good. National championship contenders in the Sun Belt, I think, this year. I still love when Kentucky won the the Sun Belt last year in men's soccer and they handed the – the trophy, you know, the traditional kind of oval-looking Sunbelt trophy. The the Kentucky players just kind of looked at it like, this doesn't look like what the football team would get or basketball. <laughs> well, uh, that was going on on the pitch, on yeah. the hardwood, not for basketball, but for volleyball. A preview possibly of the week one football matchup, South Alabama 3-0 over Tulane. The Raging Cajuns let a 2-0 lead slip at Mississippi State, but rebounded with a early – 3-0 sweeping of number 18 Rice. Yeah, that just happened, right? Didn't that just happen? That just happened. Yeah, my Arkansas State ladies, they had a they held a tournament here in, in or not, well, not here. I'm in Little Rock, but in Jonesboro, won the tournament complete 
uh, had a sweep over Little Rock, but then they also beat North Alabama. So it was like they beat they're a perfect three and zero. So it's good to see, you know, the, I know that Red Wolves uh, volleyball has struggled a little bit. It's good to see them kind of getting back to their winning ways. That's all we have to recap the weekend. Yeah. It was an exciting weekend, though, guys. Yeah, it's eventually yeah. you know what it was. It made me feel like sports are back. Speaking of back. The back on Sun Monday. <laughs> the Sunbelt Media, uh, or the Sunbelt Coaches Media Day is back. Is that the right word? It's like a weekly press conference, like right? Weekly, every week. Yeah. yeah. They round up every single one of the Sunbelt coaches on the Zoom, and then they get to, to answer a few questions from the press, which is something I like to do. I like sitting in. I don't always like having my camera on because I look like hell, like I just got up. I, I heard Thibodeau ask a question to uh, head coach at uh, ULM, Terry Bowden. I think Noah Fleischman asked a question. I didn't. I didn't hear anything from you, Shane. I don't know if you were there or I, not. I was muted the whole time. I was. I was working on some other things while I listened. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing: I always forget to say my affiliation. I need to start saying Jeremy Harper from the Fundamental Podcast here. I need to know this essential scrap of information. But uh, it was good. You know, I, I thought Terry Bowden had his camera set. Like almost, almost like it was on the floor, and he was like, like this big booming face of God from above, or like just looking down. I thought that was great. I enjoyed that. Charlie Huff decided he wasn't going to show up. Left a poorly edited video in its place. I don't know if you guys stuck around for that, but it was a little bit comical. It was like one of these videos where he's just standing there, like you could have edited. And got to the point, but they didn't even bother with the editing. They just kind of threw up a cell phone video and threw it up there. Uh, Tibbs, you were there for most of it. Did you hear anything that was, you know, remotely like insightful? I love that Will Hall has the North Alabama rivalry trophy there. That uh, from when he was a player at North Alabama, he has it in his office in, in, in the background of of the the press conference. He said it's at the office mostly because it's too big and his wife won't let him keep it at home. I thought that was fantastic, and that was my biggest takeaway of, of the week. Yeah, it was a lot of coach speak, but it's week one before the season. You're not going to get just a whole lot of penetrating insight. I think everybody's holding on to their two deeps and their quarterback announcements, but it was good. You know what it was? It was another sign that we're back, right? It was another sign that football is back, that college sports is back. Old men like you and us, we all have something to do now for the next three months. Yes. I did enjoy Kurt Signetti saying he would not name a starter until an hour before kickoff <laughs> and then turning around the next day and essentially naming a starter. I, I, did, I did get a kick out of that. Is it that he wilted under pressure? Absolutely not. He's just no. playing. Mind he game. just wants to do the opposite of what you think he's going to do. I I did hear a reporter ask a question. It was like kind of a standard type of question, something like, you know, what do you expect to see out of the game or whatever? And his response was very sardonic in the usual Kurt Signetti way. Like, what do I expect to see? I don't know. I guess I expect to see some football. You know, he's just this guy that he doesn't suffer fools, right? So once again, cementing his legacy as the most intimidating coach 
in the Sun Belt right now, working this morning. Tibbs, is there anybody more intimidating than Kurt Signetti right now? You know, I I think when you back him into a corner, I I really got to think that Sean Clark at App State, he's got to be more intimidating because he knows that the the expectations high and that he's got to live up to the hype this year, or or it might be a a kick and rocks type of uh, situation. You know what? Here's what's funny to me, and and I don't know, you might have heard more about this, Shane. Nobody ever says, "Hey, Sean Clark's on the hot seat." Everybody just kind of assumes that he's going to, you know, everything's fine and he's working out. But I hear a lot of grumbling coming out of Boone. Do you think there's some fire there, Shane? Well, they made lots of changes to the staff, some pretty big mm-hmm. ones in the offseason that I think maybe were somewhat thrust upon him. Um, so it might be a case where if that doesn't pay dividends this year, maybe those grumblings about the head coach get a little bit louder. But I think maybe – People are willing to wait and see what happens after making some changes in the offseason. And isn't that always the sign of a coach in trouble when the first step is to start shoveling assistants into the fire and getting new ones? Oh, it must be these assistants. I got to get rid of these guys. It's not me. (laughs) I don't know. I think you're right. I think maybe Sean Clark might be feeling that heat a little bit. And that, in turn, might make him a little intimidating. Yeah. I don't know. You, John Summerall hasn't had a whole lot to like get angry about in the past year, but I just feel like if he did get upset, he would be the guy I'd be scared of. Yeah, and we all know that Coach Sean, um, I got not Clark, Sean Elliott of Georgia State, he'll give you a headbutt if you don't watch it. So there's that. I tell you who's not intimidating. I'm sorry to say, Kane Womack. He's just too much of a nice guy. He's a laid back bro. He's not an intimidating guy, don't you think, Tibbs? Uh, I love the governor. And, I know you uh, do. Wish, wish nothing but success. And and I just want to be able to go to Mobile at some point <laughs> this year so that I can take in all the glory of their brand new stadium and go full Jaguar for the weekend. Oh, okay. Like you're going to ditch Texas State. Like Texas State used to be kind of your adopted team. Now you're kind of like maybe migrating a little further east to Mobile. For, for the weekend. But oh. also, you mentioned the, the angle there of Terry Bowden. Former show guest TK Maxwell broke down all the setups. I saw of, that. <laughs> of everyone on there. And his depiction of Bowden was spot on great. He said, typical grandparent FaceTiming grandkids with the camera <laughs> pointed up, the halo light behind you. And I was like, yeah, spot on. I mean, exactly spot on. Also was not impressed very much with the Ricky Ronnie setup where yeah. it was a blurred out, uh, presumably of his office in, in as he says, it, he looks like the kind of guy that would sit you down at the Lowe's on Saturday trying to sell you some gutters. <laughs> Ricky Ronnie. I like Ricky Ronnie. I love Ricky Ronnie's taste in dad rock music. But he doesn't entertain on these teleconferences at all. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, and two, I saw a graphic that came out from Old Dominion. It said four sleeps until game time. And I was thinking more like four sleeps until your nightmares begin. That's going to be a rough season 
for ODU. But yeah, and some of the coaches, you know, I like like some of them sit in front front of like a like a step and repeat background, you know, they try to make it look, you know, like it's professional. And some guys, you know, they're just in their office. You know, they got Bowden who who's just, you know, kind of FaceTiming in with that that kind of uh with that setup that uh that you just mentioned, which was dead on you're right, dead on perfect. But uh yeah, I I, I kind of wish that uh that everybody just paid more attention to the detail, get the lighting right, you know, get the background right, make make it make it a little more professional. So but yeah, and Ricky Ronnie, and there was like I think TK mentioned one where you could see the edge of the top of the edge of the step and repeat, how it just looked a little sloppy. You know, you, you can fix that up. Get your production guys out there and fix it up. Maybe a little pancake makeup. Maybe a you know a little third light, a tri-light system. You can do that. The only thing like, better was John Summerall. The angle makes it look like he's talking into this ridiculously huge microphone. Yeah, or maybe it just makes him tiny. <laughs> he's just, he's a very small guy. I don't know. So with all of that funness, Jeremy, yeah, it's time for your plug from uh, the parting shot. Uh, this is the worst part. Because we're not, we don't do this for ourselves. We do it for the people, right? Yeah, we Always. do this. Yeah, it's not about us. It's not about Shane Metlin, Pulitzer Prize winning sports writer for the Daily News Nerd Record. It's not about Dusty Thibodeau and his and his hiding his his scandalous ways from the Houston Astros. No, it's about it's about the people and how much they love Sunbelt sports. So what's my plug promo? You know what my plug is? My plug is our fans. The people listening tonight, today in their cars, maybe they're sneaking it in at, at work. I'm plugging you guys. You guys, the fans of the Sun Belt, you don't have the 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 massive broadcast contracts like some of the other guys do. But what you have is a big heart for your team, a big rooting interest. And I salute you, fans of the Sun Belt. Mine's oh, not definitely not a salute for the fans, Jeremy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait so one more thing. Uh, <clears throat> read HowRazor.com. It's available free on the Internet. Yeah, we'll edit that part out. Mine <laughs> is definitely not a salute to the fans. Oh, man. But instead, there was a scary tragedy this past weekend at a Chicago White Sox game <laughs> where two fans were accidentally shot. Tragic! The, the investigation shows, though, that uh, the alleged shooter was actually one of the victims, having shot herself with a gun snuck in through the metal detectors in the folds of her fat. <laughs> Hashtag America all day long. <laughs> I know it was like another example of of gun violence in public. What are we gonna do? It's just some lady trying to sneak in a, a pistol in her fat folds. <laughs> she was reaching for the flask and hit and hit the gun. <laughs> oh, Shane, you can't beat that, right? Well, everybody loves the jerk, right? We're all old enough to. Uh... Stay away from the cans. Yeah. Well, every year when the Football Writers Association of America directory comes out, I feel like Steve Martin with the Uh the new phone books are here. The new phone books are here. I look up my own name first because I'm, Uh, you know, that guy. I'm somebody. Yeah. I find 
my friend Dusty Thibodeau in here. A little disappointed to not see any Jeremy Harper. I just got to ask why Jeremy's not in here. Are you not a real football writer? What's going on? Listen, first of all, there are two types of people in this business, Shane. There is the football or the sports journalist. That's like you and Tim's. Interested in the truth, right? Wanting to, to dig that kernel of insight and bringing it to the people. And it's it's unfettered by opinion. It's unfettered by 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 anything that's that's not true, right? And then there's me, the provocateur, the guy that doesn't give a shit about whether a story is true. It's just about perspective, which might be a little bit why uh, head, co- head basketball coach Brian Hodgson is a little irritated with me because sometimes I misquote him. <laughs> you don't misquote people, do you, Shane? No, you're a journalist. You're in that book. Just like Thibodeau. Thibodeau would never misquote somebody. You know what you guys do? You get out a like a like a tape recorder and then you go back and oh, is this what he said? Okay, yeah, this it's actually a little different. I'm gonna do it right. Not me. I pull out everything from my memory, and sometimes it comes out a little bit better than what was actually said, but isn't accurate. And sometimes you get a terse DM in your Twitter about it. All I'm saying is that's the difference between me, you, me and you, Shane, you, a Pulitzer Prize winner who's in this book, and me, just some schmuck with a blog. And that, in the words of Jay Walker, okay, funny man. <laughs> I figured you just didn't want me to have your home address. 